6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So as we kind of expected, Garth Brooks announced this morning uh, that he would play a second show at Commonwealth Stadium. You'll remember that he announced a couple of weeks ago he was coming to town June 25th to pay the to play the only Canadian date on his stadium tour, which was going to be in Edmonton. It sold out within about 45 minutes, and uh, he had tweeted on Friday after speaking with Ticketmaster that they told him that there were still thousands of people in the queue waiting to get tickets today he announced a second show which will actually turn out to be the first show because it's going to be on the friday night uh, kicking off uh, friday june 24th at seven o'clock uh, you can get tickets starting uh, thursday at 10 a.m so the back-to-back shows at commonwealth stadium are going to be uh brooks first time performing at commonwealth as i mentioned his only canadian appearance during this tour um but not so much wanting to talk about Garth Brooks here. Just want to let you know about that. What I wanted to talk about is Ticketmaster. One of the things that I have heard over and over again since those tickets last Friday went on sale uh, was, oh, well, I didn't get any tickets. But why is it that even before this show goes, you know, the tickets go on sale, that they're already on resale sites? Ticketmaster has, um, there's been a lot of close looks at Ticketmaster and those secondary broker sites over the past number of years. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit with Eric Elper, who's a freelance music publicist and a serious XM host. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm still lining up outside for my Genesis tickets back in 1986. I hope that the line starts to move really quickly. Oh, you know what? Here's the thing. Is that I heard... what we all want to do? Is that really what we want to do? Well, do we yeah. want to go back to lining outside? You know what? Here's the thing, Eric. I think, and I've heard some people say this, if that gives everybody an opportunity to grab a ticket and they don't show up on a on a, at another resale site before the show is even... Uh, the tickets go on sale, then maybe that's what we should do. How is how is it happening that tickets for a show that yeah, haven't even gone on sale yet are up for grabs on resale sites? I don't understand this. Yeah, well, there was a report in Billboard magazine back in 2019 that revealed that Live Nation and Ticketmaster, because they're owned by the same company, mm-hmm. um, they help facilitate the transfer of concert tickets from Ticketmaster and legit sites onto outlets like StubHub and ViaGoGo. And the reason how they can do this is because the artists were in part of the deal. And I think that's always the story that people tend to forget, is that Ticketmaster is nothing more than a front for the ability to sell the tickets. The deals that the artists are making are included in their in their negotiation with Live Nation. So they know that these tickets are going on a third-party site. It's not really that much of a secret. The idea, though, is that the fans 
love this idea, I think more so than people let on because those are the ones that are buying tickets. They, they're, it's almost like that these tickets are on these sites they're kind of undervalued and that these secondary ticket sites are actually um, legitimizing how much these tickets should be going for and nobody wants to leave money on the table. Uh. So everybody's kind of washing one hand with the other um, and it's not so surprising that, you know, for all the the Alberta legislative and government with the new regulations that happened in 2018, trying to protect consumers, it does nothing except, you know, trying to impede real people from buying real tickets. You know, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, specifically when it comes to Garth Brooks, he has be, he's become well known for trying to take a stand against uh, against scalpers, that sort of thing, keeping his prices pretty low. I mean, these tickets were what, 100 bucks a pop. And actually in some of those resale sites, they're, 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 they're going for not much more than that. And I suspect that this, this second concert that's been announced is going to have an impact on that even more. I know that there was a, a study into all of this, or not an investigation, actually uh, by the New York Attorney General's office a few years back and it suggested that less than um, 25% of tickets to a show are actually released this is what they found uh, a couple of years back are actually released to the public on the 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 opening day to get tickets I was like what and in some cases that number is as low as seven percent to eight percent of all tickets and I guess maybe I shouldn't be shocked by that maybe I'm just disappointed Eric I I look as a music fan I'm disappointed as well um you know the reason why I think Ticketmaster is able to do what they're doing is because simply they're kind of a faceless, nameless organization that is pretty savvy with the way that consumers buy. And the musicians are savvy as well. John Oliver did an amazing Uh episode um, not that long ago where he nailed the live entertainment business. He was essentially saying that the acts are complaining that there's no money to be made, but meanwhile, they're never leaving money off the table. And actually, there's a thinking, not by me, but there's a thinking that Garth Brooks actually might be doing more harm than good because all of those tickets that are, say, $25 or $50 or however much that they are is actually undervaluing it Uh. and forcing people to go on those secondary markets because everybody can go buy tickets and the bots are available. And, you know, in this case, and I'm not saying that this happens, but it has happened before, the artist looks amazing because they have low ticket prices, but suddenly... You know, all these these seats are on secondary markets that are away from the artist. The artist then complained about it, looking even better to the fans. Uh. But meanwhile, the fans are still buying all those tickets and the artist is getting the profit. Uh-huh. Interesting. You know, so you, when it comes to getting around these bots, taking on these bi- bots, I, I heard from so many people, for example, last Friday with the Garth Brooks concert, 61 thousand seats right up for grabs or whatever it was gone in 45 technically gone in 45 minutes people still on hold waiting to get uh, all sorts of all sorts of tickets and people really disappointed is there a way what do you do to beat the system here not buy it from a another like a stub hub or something else like a secondary source is do you do you have any tips on how to get in on the day of the concert tickets that you want I used to, but 
they're all it's all up in the air now i mean it used to be like make sure that you sign up for the vip tickets make sure that you go to the artist page to see if there is a fan club for consumers to join and maybe have access to tickets early but the problem with that is that nobody knows if Mm. that's really legit either and again not to knock any of the artists but i don't know if there's four tickets on sale or 400 or 4,000. but i will tell you this though in a province in alberta when you're looking at maybe everybody going to the show with somebody else at least 32,000 people who want to go see Garth Brooks in Alberta, that's that's not a pretty low number. So I'm not surprised that these tickets are going so fast. Um, And then all those people from Ontario and Saskatchewan and across Canada who will be more than happy to travel this summer for the first time in three years because of COVID to go see an amazing show. So I think we kind of undervalue the same amount of people like us who want to go to the show as well. You know, obviously Ticketmaster, you know, there's, there's a monopoly on this. Has has, yeah. has anyone tried to stir up another ticketing? Like, no. And, and why no. not? Like, yeah. Nobody wants to. Mm. Nobody wants it. The music industry doesn't want it. The artists certainly don't want it. The only people that did want it was back in 1991 when Pearl Jam yeah. tried to go against Ticketmaster and book their own shows <laughs> at venues, and it was a logistical nightmare. They still say that. It was one of the weirdest decisions that they ever made as a group because they don't know how to handle anything like this. They're <laughs> a band, and so now that all of these venues are owned by Live Nation, you have to use Ticketmaster, and the music industry does not want this. It doesn't want as much as you and I can say, quote, fair practices. They're still making all of their money Mm. completely fine. The shows are selling out. The only real way to do it, I think, is to legitimately charge what the value is for those tickets. First 10 rows, $5,000. You want to sit there? That's what it's worth to people. And maybe do 10 you know, maybe 10 shows in the same market just to, you know, eradicate, um, mm. you know, these people and the, the booking. I mean, Harry Styles doing 10 shows at Madison Square Garden. Billy Joel has done like 100 yeah. so far. So make it like Vegas. Make it completely open for anybody who wants to get a ticket. Could, could potentially. Uh, you know what, Eric? I'm not sure if you're still there, but it was interesting. I was on one of those secondary sites today just uh, prepping for this interview, and I saw that there were, like, second-row tickets for one of Garth's shows um, for $320. For $320. Yeah. Bucks. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I know I know people that would pay a heck of a lot more than that. I mean, the tickets were $100, but, yeah, for $320 each, I was surprised at that, that they were still kind of that low, and I say that realizing that that's a lot of money for some people, but for second-row seats, come on. Yeah, and look, if everybody listening wants to, they can send you and I $10,000, and we will get Garth Brooks to play in your backyard in a private, small show, well-deserved. Um, but yes, it is funny that we, we sit here and talk about $500 for a ticket. That's nothing, but that's the going rate. Uh, you know? These are geared towards people who go out once or twice 
and they want to make a complete night of it, and it's going to be the greatest night of their uh, lives. At least, you know, and they're going to and willing to pay for it. I guess it will just, you know, it's frustrating that we just have to continue to suck it up. You know what I mean? I it, yeah. it really does. I, I think it's a shame that there are so many people that want tickets for that show that now have to turn to another site and, and uh, you know they waste two hours of their time trying to get a ticket and they just show up on another site. It's just it's so frustrating and um, and it's disappointing as a as a music fan and obviously it doesn't seem like anything is going to change. Eric, I sure appreciate your time as always. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll you betcha. Eric Elbor joining us this afternoon is a freelance music publicist and Sirius XM host. Frustrating, eh? Dewey says, Jay, I was quick in the queue. There were 2,000 people before me. It said that there is an eight-person uh, limit. I had six separate picks, and they were sold when the request was returned. The red dots were all gone soon. What about the other 45,000 tickets?